What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. Got me Adam Ronis here. And, uh, well, we just kind of made it through a, a, a very interesting uh, weekend. Again, you know, as the football season comes, you know, as it, as it closes out and people sit there scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. Am I turning to NASCAR? Am I staying with the NHL? What about NBA? You know what, Adam? In honor of you, I took in some NBA yesterday. Yeah, I thought it was a good weekend for the NBA. Saturday night, uh, Bucks nets was the primetime game. It turned out to be a good game. The Nets were able to beat Milwaukee. They had Kyrie Irving. Sunday was pretty good, too. Sixers-Knicks to kick off the afternoon. It was close for a while, and then uh, Knicks just struggled in the fourth quarter, and the Sixers pulled away. Jazz-Suns was the next game. That was a good game. Jazz winning 118-114. Last night, uh, Mavericks Warriors, just an insane, insane run by the Mavericks, man. They were they went on a tw- one run to win that game. I mean, the Warriors had 13 points in the fourth quarter. Like Warriors were up like, I think, over 20 points. And uh, I was sweating Steph Curry. I had over 24 and a half points and uh, he missed a three. I was like, shit, they got the rebound right back out to him. And he hit the three. I was like, thank you. So I had to sweat that out. So, yeah. And then the night game was just garbage. Pelicans, Lakers. I mean, the Lakers just got absolutely embarrassed losing by 28. And as oh, I've said all atrocious. year, well, I've said all year, like they're, I couldn't believe they were early in the year. They were second to win the title. And I was like, how, man, this team is terrible. I understand they had LeBron James, Anthony Davis, if they're healthy, but Davis has not been healthy all year. The addition of Westbrook wasn't a good fit. So all year I've been off the Lakers. I gave out their, I think it was under 51 and a half wins before the year, which is obviously a lot. Um, but yeah, this team's just a disaster. And uh, that was just embarrassing. And, you know, they might not even make the uh, playing tournament at this point with the way they're playing. Uh, Pelicans have been a lot better lately since the addition of CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram going against his former team was trying to take a, a lot of shots. So, yeah, no, it was a very good day of uh, action in the NBA on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I mean, you and I talked, uh, and then I talked to um, to John and Pemba uh, last week, Thursday and Friday, and just kind of talking about the, uh, you know, the Harden trade and him making his debut on uh, on Friday. So I figured, you know, listen, you know, every year, every year a little, uh, there's a little bit more of me that tries to get into basketball. And so I figured with, you know, this, you know, kill two birds with one stone, right, can actually say that I I saw a Knicks game uh, this season. So I uh, so I, I took in that. But I mean, what was it? It was a double double on uh, on Friday night and then a triple double against the Knicks like that's, you know, I mean. Impemba said he's he's notorious for this, right? Like as soon as he's in a new spot, he lights it up. He did it with Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I mean, you could see like. Things were not right in Brooklyn, and there was a lot of reports about that. And obviously, new home in Philly, and their offense has been clicking. They put up 133 against Minnesota, 125 against the Knicks. Um, you know, Harden is always capable of doing this, and now he's got a big man that he can feed, so the assists are going to pile up. Uh, so he's got 28 assists in two games, and um, you know, shooting the ball well too, which is something we didn't see in Brooklyn. I mean, he shot 58.3 percent against Minnesota and 57.1 percent against the Knicks. He was not shooting that well at all against Brooklyn. I mean, he had a game, his last game with Brooklyn, he shot 18.2% from the field against Sacramento, who is uh, 29th in defensive efficiency in the NBA. So uh, he was just not shooting the ball well. And obviously, you know, more motivated to play here with Philly. And now 
um, off to a good start in his first two games. And uh, I believe does Philly play Tuesday? I know they play the Knicks again on Wednesday. Um, I'm trying to see, does Philly play Tuesday? Are they on a back to back and looking at the schedule? They do not play. So his next game will be against the Knicks on Wednesday. Next game will be against the Knicks. Oh, you know what? I didn't even check in on um, on on what the percentage was after again because you know obviously uh, at Fish Knicks who I uh, who I follow on Twitter when the Knicks lost to Philadelphia, there's now a 99 percent chance that they miss the playoffs, and Fish will be guaranteed to play at Madison Square Garden for their New Year's run in April. Yeah, it's not looking good for the Knicks right now. It's looking great for me. Coming to New York in April, Adam. We're going to have a great time. Come on. You want to come to a fish show? Do you want to come to a fish show, Adam? Uh, maybe. Oh. Just going to put that in the pocket for right now. I'm not going to push it. Adam Ronis in a fish. That would be that would be fucking outstanding. We'd have fun. We'd have a lot of fun. Ooh. Um, all right. So, yeah, but so I, so I sat there and I watched it now. What kind of movement did we see? You know, I, I mean, I, I figure there's gotta be some movement there on Philly to, you know, to win the Eastern conference, Philly to win the championship overall, especially when you've got, you know, two games like you just had to react, you know, or to overreact, should I say? No, that actually wasn't what much. It's pretty much, uh, what it has been. I mean, the movement came when the trade happened. So um, nothing substantial. They're still right there. Um, it's kind of bunched up in the uh, for the uh, to win the championship, but they are fourth um, at plus 700, which I believe was the same number last week. Um, they're slightly ahead of the Bucks at plus, who are plus 750. So it's still Suns, Warriors, Nets, third. Then the Sixers, Bucks, and Heat. Those are the top six uh, on DK Sportsbook right now to win the championship. Okay. All right. Well, for a, a novice hoops guy like myself, it looked good to watch, and it was actually kind of entertaining to, to just look at it from a, a competitive standpoint and obviously rooting against the Knicks, you know, and, you know, for my own selfish reasons. I don't like to root against my own team, but – you know, sometimes you got to draw the line. Like, it doesn't matter, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're not going to win the championship anyway. So you might as well, like, miss the playoffs. You might as well get a, you know, a better lot or hope for a better lottery pick, right? So you uh, just call it a season. Call the season, Knicks. Yeah, they do have a tough schedule, too. I mean, they are, yeah, wow, damn, they're four and a half behind Atlanta now. And Washington is still ahead of them, even though Washington kind of has no Bradley Beal for the season. Porzingis is yet to make his debut. So, yeah, Nick's just a uh, big disappointment. They lost five in a row right now. Um, yeah, again, not much of a disappointment for me. I'm I'm okay with that. Um, so, wait, what, what is it? So, top eight and then there's a – or top seven teams top, get no, to the playoffs? Top. And then the play-in for the eighth? Top, top six get in, and then they have seven plays ten, eight plays nine. Oh. How do you feel about that structure? Um, It's okay. I mean, it was kind of exciting last year. I mean, most of those teams are, are not going to go far. I mean, obviously, the Nets, if they remain there, different story, because uh, they're currently sitting at eight. We'll see if they get into the top six, but... 
especially in the West. I mean, I don't see any of those teams doing anything unless somehow the Clippers get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard back, which doesn't look great. Uh, so, I mean, you know, just extra game in isolation makes it a little fun. So I'm okay with it. Okay. All right. Yeah. It would be Toronto against Atlanta, Brooklyn against Charlotte. Oh, yeah. I definitely need the Lakers to not make it in. Like, really, could you, like, could they, could they miss that, that thing? I mean, would, I mean, Portland, I know, has already sold off everybody, right? Uh, the, the, the Spurs, Kings, can they, could they possibly find a way ahead of the Lakers here? Do they not even bother trying? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Spurs, young team um after a double overtime game the other day they sat like three guys so i don't know um and the kings just seem like they're a little far back they're six games back i mean they've lost four in a row so the lakers still might get in by default unless they absolutely collapse Mm. i would love to see them absolutely collapse to not even make the play-in game uh, would be a, at least just a treat in the, uh, in the in the world of like you know, cracking on Jim Bowden. I mean, I think I think it's an embarrassment now. They're six games under five hundred. I mean, no one expected this. I know they've had issues, but I mean, this is and they've lost. Uh, they're three and seven in their last ten. They're just bad. I mean, they got again. They got embarrassed at home by the Pelicans. Embarrassed. Game was never competitive. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, all right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think I watched maybe like three minutes of it in between like sets fish was playing at, um, Riviera Maya in Mexico. I was, I was webcast. That's what I did all weekend, man. I just sat in front of fish shows, uh, each night made me put, put a smile on my face, gave me something to do. Right. A nice little excuse to remain a homebody. Yeah. Right. If it's entertaining or something you love, why not? There it is. There it is. Um, all right. So let's push aside some of the, the hoops talk. I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick time out here and uh, pay some bills and uh, and throw to a, a commercial break. When we get back, the great fantasy baseball invitational that started up its drafts tonight or today, actually. Uh, Adam and I are recording here. Uh, on Monday uh, last year, what you you and I were both top twenty in that, right? Yes. Do you remember who finished ahead? You or me? Um, I don't remember. I feel like it was me. Probably not. Historic, <laughs> historic. They did like a historic, and I was like top five or six. Oh, historic in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitation. I, I shit, man. It was it was terrible. I was um, you know. Uh, you know, I just I wasn't prepared for 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 the drafts. I'll admit it. Like, I'll readily admit it. I, I kept trying to, like, fix things during, um, you know, during free agency. But I just, you know, when you're competing in a fit, when you're in a 15 teamer. Right. And you're competing against people who are like really playing to win. Uh, you can't half ass it. And so last year I was like I made I was very determined to make sure that I was just, you know, 100 percent in on this and and working real hard for it. And uh, yeah, definitely it was a top 20 finish. I don't remember uh, last week's last year's standings completely, but I do know that you and I uh, were, were, we were near each other. I had like two guys, two other guys from my division, like right around me in the overall as well. So it was crazy. It was a tough one. So, yeah. Uh, my league too. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. You had like two guys in the uh, in mm-hmm. the top twenty, also. Yeah. See, see, Ronis and I, we bring it out, and everybody there, and so be it. So we'll uh, talk about how the drafts began for both of us when we return right after this. All right, Adam, you're um, what what league number are you in in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational? Um. I think it's 14. I'm not even sure, to be honest. Uh, let's see if I can find it somewhere. Um, Somebody didn't start a chat on your Twitter? No. See, why do I always end up with that? Like, I always end up with, like, the chatty group. They, like, immediately set up a, a, a Twitter chat for everybody in there. Everybody's Oh, League 4. League 4. League 4. Um, who is your favorite person that you're competing against? Um, No one. Really? You don't know anybody in your league? Uh, I know Al Melchior. He's in the league. Okay. Al's a good competitor. Yeah, but we're on opposite ends. He's one. I'm 13. Oh, you picked 13. Nice. All right. Um, I picked five. Uh, The favorite in in mine has to be uh, the Malvi wife herself, right? Uh, Danielle Salinger, Justin Mason's bride. She's in my league, and uh, and I love being in the league with her. I'm actually in a fantasy football league with her as well. Um, she toughs it out. She grinds. It's good. I like having her in my league. It's going to be a ton of fun there. Um, what round are you guys in right now? Three. Three, huh? That's pretty good. How many picks into the third round? Um, Five. <laughs> So nowhere near you. Why? Where are you? Uh, I'm, I'm. I pick fifth overall. I just made my second pick uh, live on the show. I, uh, I I went on the clock as soon as the show started. So you know, I figured it was, it was a perfect opportunity for a teaching moment, right? Okay, it's my pick. We'll put a poll up on at SiriusXM Fantasy, and uh, and we'll crowdsource it a little bit here. I knew who I was taking, no matter what, but I wanted to get everybody's, you know, kind of input and kind of talk through it there um, with that. So, all right, so let's see. How did your draft go? First five picks in my draft went Tatis, Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, Bo Bichette, and that left me with pick five, and I had to take Juan Soto. Yeah, same players. Well, no, one player different, different order. It was Trey Turner, Tatis, Jose Ramirez, Soto, and Vlad Guerrero. Mm. Where did Bichette go? Six. Six. Okay. All right. So six there. Gotcha. Vlad left lasted to eighth in mine because <coughs> Garrett Cole went uh, sixth overall. All right. So how did yours? How did yours go? And where did you? Uh, What'd you get it? Pick 13. Yeah, I went with uh, Luis Robert at 13, which is above his ADP, but I'm very high on him. And I was a little concerned that he wouldn't make it back. So I said, I'm going to take him. Uh, we saw what he what he's done in baseball so far uh, has been unbelievable. Um, he's got the power and the speed. It's a really good lineup. So through his first um uh, 124 games, 477 at bats in an MLB career. He's got 24 homers, 15 steals, and hit 294. So 
Um, you know, this is an overall competition. So I wanted to try and come away with some speed. So I said, all right, let me take him. Um, and then I was actually surprised that one of the players that I considered also with that pick made it back. Um, and this is why sometimes uh, you can be surprised. And I could have done this the opposite way with the guy that I took in the second and the first, and maybe uh, Robert makes it back. So Starling Marte went 14. I do not understand that pick at all. Uh, you're, I understand this is an overall competition and you want the stolen bases, but there's no way Marte is going to run as much as he did last year. He's going to a new team in the Mets, a tough park to hit in. So, okay, fine. So even if he gets 30 stolen bases, like how much power are you getting out of him? Like, I just don't understand that pick at all. Um, to me, it's just a bad pick. I don't even want to take Marte in the first two rounds. So, yeah, you're getting your stolen bases, but you're sacrificing homers and RBIs. And, yeah, the average should be good. 289 career hitter, hit 310 last year. But, again, tougher park that he's going to. So I was like, okay, thank you. That's a gift. And then Manny Machado went 15th, which is okay, but there were better players on the board. Uh, Corbin Burns went first pick around two. So I think people were surprised that Burns made it that far. I love Corbin Burns. I just didn't want to take him in the first round. If he made it back, I would have definitely take him, uh, took him for sure. Uh, actually not for sure, but probably at that point, I probably couldn't pass him up in round two. Raphael Devers went second pick of round two. I love Devers, man. Love him. I uh, had him last year in this league. Uh, mm -hmm. had him in labor. Big fan of Devers. Obviously, he doesn't really steal bases. I think he had five last year, but this guy's an absolute stud. So I probably would have taken him had he made it back. Uh, then I went Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts was there. Um, seen him go in the first round of a lot of drafts, and he's coming off a season where he was plagued by some injuries, and maybe maybe that hip is not 100%, but um, he's only 29 years old, and even in a down year for him, he still had 23 homers and 10 stolen bases in 122 games. So uh, I think the injuries are definitely a factor, but I expect him to be better. It's a, a great Dodgers lineup. You know, he's going to score a ton of runs. He had 93 runs in 122 games last year. So I get another guy that can contribute in all five categories. So pretty happy with the start of Robert and Betts. Could have done it the other way around for sure. Um, and I wasn't sure Betts would make it back, but uh, I'm pretty, pretty pleased with that start. Yeah. I mean, listen, who's to say, I mean, it was, it was, if if bets had come, if, if bets wasn't available, did, would you have, uh, where, where would you have gone from there? Um, I probably would have had to go trout or Freeman. Okay. Okay. So you got nice, you know, a little, little, little pop of speed here. You got some good power. You got two solid outfielders. Um, you should have a good batting average in there as well. So yeah, listen, I like it. Luis Robert actually went to the, uh, the, the team 13 uh, took Albies in the first round and then it came back around uh, and they took Lewis Robert. So yeah, Albies um, went 11 in mine. Otani went 12. I was like, Oh, am I going to get Otani at 13? Otani went 10th in mine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I, my only, I, I guess people are looking at the average. I don't know why. I mean, I'm going to, if I, I had him in TGFBI last year. When I drafted him, it was – remember, he was going in the double-digit rounds last year because mm -hmm. of the injuries and everything. So when I drafted him last year, I drafted him with the intention of using him at pitcher uh, because that's what I needed at that point. And I had J.D. Martinez, who going into last year was only eligible at utility. So I couldn't draft him saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to start him. I couldn't. I mean I was very high on J.D. Martinez last year. So I had to wait until the end of May 
that's when J.D. Martinez got outfield eligibility and then Otani became a utility pretty much every week because it was very difficult to use him in a weekly league at pitcher because even on the potential two start weeks, a lot of times they pushed him back. They went with a six man rotation um, and he was just so good offensively. I mean, 46 homers, 26 steals. So, I mean, I guess the only reason why he's falling till 10, 11, 12 is the average because he had 257 last year and he's a 264 career hitter. Because outside of that, or maybe people are worried about the injury risk. I don't know, but he appeared in 158 games last year and obviously was great. And even in the 2020 season, 46 out of 60. So I don't know. I think he should be going a little bit higher. I was kind of surprised that, I mean, from in my draft to fall at 12, I would have absolutely scooped him up at 13. Yeah, I would have scooped him up at 13 too. No doubt about it. I, I still know I like the Lewis Robert pick. And I think he did really well with uh, with bets coming around the second one. Um, yeah, in my league, so it was like after I took Soto, it went Cole, Harper, Vlad, Acuna, Otani, Burns, Kyle Tucker. Then team took Albies. Then Woodruff went with team fourteen, um, which I didn't really get Woodruff in the uh, in the first round there either. <clears throat> Mike Trout. Then Walker Bueller. So it was Trout Bueller on the turn. And then it came back around. It was Machado, Lewis Roberts, Starling Marte, Mookie Betts, Devers, Freeman. So it went off like that. So every guy who I wanted, you know, in like the second reel, hoping, hoping and praying would fall to me in the second round, didn't. Right? Like it didn't. I was like, oh, maybe Freeman. No, gone. Oh, maybe. No, gone. So. Second round here. Now, let me ask you a question before I talk about my second, tell you my second round pick here. Um, talk to me the importance of stolen bases in an overall, competing in an overall here. Um, you know, obviously, you need, I mean, you know, strength of team overall is huge, but why are, why are stolen bases a little bit because it's such a premium? Yeah, they're, you know, difficult to get. I mean, you can make a case that obviously there's fewer, but a lot of them come early in the draft. So you want to try and get that base early if you can. And, you know, because if you start with like a couple guys that don't steal bases, then now you're going throughout the draft and it's on your mind. And you might reach and take a player that maybe doesn't help in many categories, but they get stolen bases and it could bring you down. So, I mean, at least in in this format, there is a waiver wire, so maybe someone pops out of nowhere that helps, but you want to at least come away with a good base in the draft, and that's why you're seeing so many of the stolen bases go early is because people are just making sure to have it, and you're seeing players that are getting 10, 15 steals go over. Like, I think Devers fell too far in that one. Like, that guy is just a, a stud, um, and it's hard to pass on everything that he can do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, just look, tur- look at the picks, Turner speed, Tati speed, Ramirez speed. Uh-huh. I can't really say Soto. He got caught. He has, no, last he has year. no speed, dude. It does, he had eight steals. I mean, he talked about running more last year. He had eight steals, but he got caught seven times. So yeah. I mean, there's, there's a chance he could get 10 to 15. Vlad's not going to run. Bichette's going to run. Harper gives you a little Tucker runs. Acuna runs when healthy. Albies runs. Robert runs. Marte runs. Machado gets 10 to 12. So that's what you're seeing, all that speed. That's why Trout is falling. I mean, part of Lee, he's not stealing bases and the health. 
So that was my dilemma coming into uh, into my second pick. Uh, you know, I just the the thought process that look at all these stolen bases that are coming off the board right now, right? Um, you know, do I do I take a guy like a Whit Merrifield, right? Trevor Story went off the board two picks before me. <clears throat> um, you know, so the you know, Merrifield was available. Uh, then you know, it's obviously then there are other guys, but they're you know less likely to steal bags in, in the sense of, like, you know, yeah, Tim Anderson was there and I could have, I could have reached a little bit for him, although he might be available in, in you know, in the third. Um, but I, the stolen base is definitely on my mind. Um, but I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay with Merrifield, just not in the second round, right? Like if he comes around in the third, maybe I look at him, but I mean, he is, you know, he's 33 years old. And, you know, at some point, you know, he's already his OP, his uh, his OBP uh, and OPS have declined steadily in the last like three or four years. So I didn't want to do that, but I know I need the speed. So I was really torn. And then so it was like that. Jordan Alvarez was still on the board. Uh, Aaron Judge. I could have gone Xander Bogarts. Um, but there was staring at me also was the decision, Adam, of. Jacob deGrom, you know, Garrett Cole, Otani, Burns, Woodruff, Bueller, Zach Wheeler, Max Scherzer, they all came off the board. And, uh, and so I was sitting there and it's like, you know, do I, do I take the chance on deGrom or do I go smart with the speed or do I just bulk up? Do I just double up on power with Alvarez and, uh, and Soto? Like that's, it was a tough one. I'm curious, which way would you have gone? Uh, Alvarez for me. I think the guy's a stud. I think he could have 40 home runs. Um, so, like, I'm so jealous in mine. He went fifth pick of round three. Would have loved to take him in that spot. I've taken him on the turn. Um, actually, no, I think my last draft I got sniped. I think he went 29 and I had 30, but I did get him in one of my other um, draft champions. So yeah, I mean, look, but DeGrom could be a league winner. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's all about health. We saw how dominant he was on the mound last year. And even with him pitching limited innings last year, he was still, I think a top uh, 15, top 20 pitcher. So, uh, we could look back on it and be like, damn, that's just an absolute steal. Or you could be like, well, there, there goes my season. He didn't really give me much. So <laughs> right, that's he's, he's so <laughs> tough right now because, you know, we have no spring and we haven't seen him throw. And, you know, all indications are, yeah, he's fine, but we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. That is 100 percent correct. Um, when you just said Alvarez for the uh, for the fifth pick of the third round, that that like, man, could Alvarez could Alvarez fall to me in the in the third in the uh, in the third round again? Because I um I did it. I did it. I took the risk. I said, you know what? If he does stay healthy all year, or even if he just misses like a small handful of starts, the value of DeGrom, strikeouts, whip, ERA um, is just, I mean, it is, it is, un it's absolutely outstanding. It's absolutely outstanding. So to start the draft here with Juan Soto and Jacob DeGrom, I could very well have the number one hitter and the number one pitcher in baseball. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Again, it's just, you know, is he going to stay healthy? That is the biggest uh, concern, which is why you see him fall. If we knew he was completely healthy, there's no way he's going around to. He's easily a first-round pick in the top five, top seven. 
Yeah. Well, I was surprised he fell all the way to May. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, ah, oh, I'm not. That's that's where he's been going. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, in mine, he went 29th. In yours, he went 29th. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's been falling to mid late second round because people are concerned about the health. Yeah. Figured I had to do it. I would, I would, you know, I would lose my shit if Alvarez falls around to me, comes back around to me. That would be, that would be pretty sick. Start off right there. Power soda. I would need to like focus on some stolen bases eventually, but yeah, that's see, that's the problem, man. Like, you know, when you get a guy like Alvarez, like, let's say he, he shows up for me. You know, it's Alvarez and you got like, let's say Whit Merrifield, right? Would you, would you make that? What, what would you do? Would you still go Alvarez or you say fuck this or got to grab the stolen bases? Nah, I would go Alvarez and figure out stolen bases later on. Yeah, me too. Me too. So that's kind of where I'm, uh, I'm leaning uh, for the time being right now. Anybody go pitcher, pitcher in your league? Um. No, but the team who took a two took Tatis, then went DeGrom and Liam Hendricks. Uh, the old closer. Are you jumping at a closer early this year? No, um, I'm more willing to do it in draft champions. I actually did it last year as well. I think I took Hendricks on the four or five turn, um, but in leagues with Fab, no. Leagues with Fab, no. All right. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I I definitely, I, you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, stating the cases for all of them. I just, I couldn't do, I couldn't do like Hader or or Hendricks there in the, uh, in the second round either. Like I needed to, no. <clears throat> and I got to tell you, I'll probably attack offense and, and hold off on, on pitching early on if it allows me to. Yeah. I wish we had more than uh, two rounds, more more than two picks each to uh, to to chime in on. And you're not doing the Raz Slam. I'm in like round 26 of that one. Now we're like, man, I gotta tell you, I forgot how like grimy it gets once you like hit like round 25 and beyond. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I gotta do 42 rounds for the Raz Slam. Oh, gross. Disgusting, but I got a pretty good team in that one there too. Um, all right, got anything else for me, Adam? Any any other thrilling or exciting things? Uh, how's the love life treating you? That's good. There you go. See, can't ask for more than that. <laughs> what are you eating for dinner tonight? I'm going out for dinner tonight with a friend right after this. Oh, really? What are we? Where are we going to dinner? What are we having? Uh, not sure yet. Really? You don't know? No. What are you craving? You going out for Italian? No, I had Italian yesterday. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, you enjoy your wonderful dinner evening here, and um, we'll catch up uh, again tomorrow, uh, have more rounds and more picks to talk about. How's that Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope these things start to move a little bit. Sky's been on that. I mean, yeah. this guy's been on the clock two and a half hours. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. And you know, listen, I, you know, I, I contributed to it, right? Because I took an hour and a half to make my pick because I went on the clock right as the show started. That's right? understandable. I have no problem with that. So I stretched it out. I even said in this chatty of chat rooms, I was like, hey, listen, I think I'd be doing the world, you know, myself a disservice here by not, you know, 
milking this pick, a live pick on the show. So just so you know, I'm probably not going to be making my pick, you know, until the end. So I let everybody know, you know, you don't have to worry about this shit for at least like an hour and a half to two hours. Very nice of me, right? Definitely. At least you let people know instead of people who just, you know, ignore it. Oh, dude, it is ridiculous. I saw somebody already got called out on Twitter for timing out with their pick. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. That's going to do it for us here tonight on Anti Up. Big thank you to all you out there for liking and subscribing. From my man, Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up. We'll catch you next time.